0: I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea When the angry waves threatened my ruin to be When away at my side, there I dimly described A stately old vessel, and loudly I cried Ship a Ahoy. And loudly I cry Well, once again we say welcome aboard it's good to be with you at this time, Brother Mun Speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. In the book of James, James chapter one, our thought will be from this old mariner, by the grace of God. Although oh, it took us off of an old boat years and years ago and put us in the book, and now the opportunity and all to speak to so many people in our vast unseen radio audience. In fact, how in the world are you? How are you doing? Thank you for emailing us. Uh, thank you also uh, from the email. Some people have gotten our snail mail and uh, written, and uh, we like hearing from our listeners. Thank you. Thank you just so much for being there. In fact, uh, some of you, I have your. You have sent your picture. Thank you for that. We sort of trade pictures, and this sort of gives me an opportunity. In the studio here, the studio is not in the auditorium uh, of a local church. So we're in a studio here in the offices of Fishers of Men Ministries International. And uh, behind the microphone, there's a huge uh, board that's there. And I have the names of people from literally around the world, or not names, I have the pictures of people from around the world. What I can do from time to time, I can look up from my notes, and and as we are uh, facing this, I have this microphone right in front of me, I can look at some people's faces and just know that you're there. So uh, thank you for being part of the listening audience Here to Brother Mon and the Mariner's Call. The book of James. In fact, by the way, if you ever like to correspond with us, we're as close as that keyboard. It's just that F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International in the Port of Bon Secours. Alabama, and uh, look look at what you see there for a little bit, and uh, uh, sort of uh, drift around, surf around a little bit, uh, leave us a note, let us know that you at least visited our website there. James chapter 1, all the way down to verse 8, in our little five-minute look at the book, we have gone over and over this verse a little bit. And uh, now for our broadcast, that's all. Oh, we're thankful, almost 15 minutes long here. Uh, it's good to be with you. James chapter one and verse eight: A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, what is that? Now that now that I'm saved, and uh, I'm 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 so glad for salvation by grace. It's so good to be saved. It's so good to have peace in your heart and knowing that your sins are forgiven. But you know, I, I wanna press on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. I want the Lord to show me some things about my life, and you know what I've found at times? i found that I had a double mind about things, more more so in the practical world. and uh, But that sort of slips into Christianity, and we dare not let that happen. What does that mean? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Whatever this double minded is, it produces instability. To have two minds about something. Oh, once again, I've been there. And this sort of adjusted to the crowd that I was with or the situations that I found myself in. Once again, shame on me. Supporting both sides of an issue, you know. I guess one of the, or a couple of the synonyms for double mindedness would be to fluctuate or to. Have you ever heard somebody say they seesaw back and forth, to waver, to yo-yo, to sway back and forth? Sort of like straddling the fence. And one foot on one side, the other foot on the other side. Once again, in the practical world, that's understandable and it can be fixed there. But it dare not show up, my friend, as far as serving God, and sometimes, but sometimes it does. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I don't want that to be seen in my life. So let's see if we can illustrate it. Let's see if the Lord can point it out. And then if it is true, my friend, we can ask God to help us to see that it gets fixed. I want to become mature, not only just saved, not only just saved by grace, but my friend, I want to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a double-minded Man is unstable in all his ways. So, in serving God, what, we could use the Bible. uh, People straddle the fence on that. In fact, Joshua chapter 24, uh, people were put to a spot or on a spot. And the man of God said, choose you this day whom you will serve. You're going to have to decide. Some of you serving the God of the past, all the God that's taking care of you right now. Oh, you're going to have to decide which, which one. And, of course, Joshua uh, was uh, provoking Israel to choose. And he actually said, which I like, as for me and my house, he said, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. Serving, you know, this is seen in sometimes our spirituality in general. What is it, Revelation chapter 3? Concerning the church that lay out of Jesus said, I would that thou wert cold or hot. What? I would, it's either cold or hot. See, they wasn't it wasn't hot and they wasn't cold. And he said, I would that thou would cold or hot, to be single-minded, you know. Concerning worship, first Kings chapter 18, how long halt you between two opinions, you know. Galatians chapter one, you're gonna to to decide whether you're gonna please men or please God. Flip-flop Christianity, fence-straddling, you know. My country's actually ate up with this. I'm, I'm actually ashamed at times to tell people that I live in the United States of America. The leadership of our country still cannot decide whether we are a Christian nation or not. Oh, we become multicultural now. We have all the religions of the world housed here. Uh, within one nation, you know, are we a Christian nation or not? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It produces instability. Now, with uh, thinking about my life and my life in the past, I-, I like looking at the Bible in a nautical way. You said, what do you mean nautical? As it relates to the things of uh, many illustrations, many text of scriptures that have to do, in fact, physically, many a reference to the oceans of this life, and we think about ocean life and life as you travel across uh, the ocean and traveling across life, sea, looking at this physically and spiritually, but I like the analogy and the parallel. You, you know what I'm talking about. So let's see if we can sort of fit this into a different situation that we might understand what we're really doing. Uh, I I guess you basically say I, I I could say I spent the better part of my life in the Gulf of Mexico, the better part of my lost life in the Gulf of Mexico on the stern of a shrimp trawler as far as work is concerned. As far as our shrimp trawlers are concerned, all of our boats, now they were less than 100 foot long. I was not on a huge trawler. In fact, I was calling to the saint and calling to the ministry and got out of that, or I would have... Uh, got into some of these super trawlers. But anyhow, on our wooden boats, we had from the deck up on the outside was what called call a, a rail. And this railing kept you from slipping and falling overboard. Railing, you know what I mean, the railing of a vessel. On our wooden boats, on top of the rail there, and we call that railing ere the bulwarks, on the top of it was what's called a cap rail, and this cap rail sometimes was as much as, oh, twelve inches wide, so you could sit on the rail. All right. Now let's see. Let's see if we can get something here. Sitting on the rail. All right. In uh, James chapter one and verse eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, if you're sitting on the rail, you're not completely aboard. All right. If you're at the dock, you've got one foot on the dock side. Then your foot is over the rail, and then down on the deck of the vessel. One foot on the dock, one foot there, as far as we think about the deck of the vessel. All right? Now, there's a problem there. All right? You're not completely aboard. Now, you know, I've seen people like that, and I've seen this in my life. I've seen situations where even uh, thinking about being in church, and I love the local church, and uh, we've had one foot in church, and then another foot outside the church. You know that's dangerous. Oh, very, very dangerous. You said, "What are you saying, Brother Mon? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You need to get off the rail. If you're fence straddling, straddling the fence, get off, get off the fence. Get on one side or the other. But with a vessel, with a boat, uh, on the rail is not completely aboard. On the rail is a place of no responsibility. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It produces instability, no responsibility. You can't get active on a vessel until you're completely aboard. I've had my dad, many a time, look back there and I'm just sitting on the rail. My dad would say, Wayne Munn, yes, sir. Hey, get off the rail and go to work. Yes, sir, you know. All working and laboring and serving the Lord. How do I put this? True Christianity is a place of complete commitment. If I'm sitting on the rail, suppose I have I guess is forced responsibility on a boat. I've been responsible for just about every area on a vessel you can talk about, whether you're at the helm, the captain, or whether you're in the engine room, or whether you're the cook. But let me ask the question. If you're sitting on the rail, can you steer the boat from a rail? No. If you're double minded. You know, it's never going to help you. In fact, all it's going to do is produce instability. I can't steer the boat from the rail. What about maybe my responsibilities there in the engine room? Or, uh, am I going to be able to do what I'm supposed to do in the engine room of that boat uh, if I'm just sitting up there on the rail? No, on the rail is not completely aboard. On the rail is the place of no responsibility. Do you, you understand where I'm going? The harvest is plenteous, the laborers the laborers are few. We're supposed to be laborers together. So, as far as this double mindedness, oh it's no place for those who just sit on the rail, so to speak. In fact, on the rail is dangerous. Oh, I've had my dad many a time said Wayne Munn, I like to walk around the rail. <laughs> oh, I dare not do that. I might fall overboard. A lot of people Oh, I guess we could illustrate this well in the book of Acts, Acts chapter twenty seven. We could make some application to many people like this. You remember the story of Eutychus, Oh, as a young man, he's sitting in the window. He's in the probably the second story there and the apostle Paul is just preaching away, and it's so good, but as a young person he just sort of goes to sleep, and you know what happens? More of Eutychus got on the outside of the window than was on the inside of the window. And you know what happened? He fell out of the window. Oh, I tell you what, when it comes to serving God, I don't want to be split in half, so to speak. It's dangerous. at sea. oh, when it gets rough, you could fall over the sides, you know. And serving God, I want to make sure I'm in a safe place. I want to be completely aboard. Let me close by saying this, on the rail calls for a decision. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Wayne Munn, get off the rail. Yes, my father would say, go to work. Get off the rail. Double-minded? A double-minded man is unstable in all in all his ways. The rail is a place of no responsibility. A place, I guess it's a place that just draws attention. It's a place where there's no pay whatsoever. Quit sitting. Get up. Get off the rail. Quit straddling the fence. My friend, how long halt you between two opinions? I don't want to have A double mine. Until next week, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.